Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to My Millennial Career and I'm here to help you win at work. My name is Shelley Johnson and I'm a HR consultant and the founder at Boldside where I help businesses build standout leaders and epic team cultures. And today on the show, we're digging into some listener questions that were sent through via the My Millennial Money Facebook community. We had a stack sent through. So we're digging into a couple today that relate to leadership and management. So these are questions from people who are about to or want to transition to a leadership role. And I'm joined by Rach, our producer. Hey, Rach. Hello, hello. Are you ready to get into it? Let's do it. Awesome. Okay, Rach, hit us with it. What's the first question? All right. So not sure if this is their real name or not, but Powder Chalk Hollybone (laughs) asks, how do you make the transition to a managerial role. Example, you have many, many years experience, qualifications to back it up, although see no progression with the current role as too many senior, by senior they mean older people, who won't leave the organisation, obviously seeking that step up with another company. Okay, so how do you make the transition to a managerial role and how do you do that if there's no positions open in your current organisation? So let's kind of set the scene. Now, the first thing, I love answering a question with a question. Like, okay, so my question back to this person is why do you want to lead? Why do you want to do a managerial job? Because mm. I think one of the things that happens is often people look at transitioning to management as a rung on the career ladder. So it's like I've done my time here. I've got heaps of experience as a technical expert in web design and now that means I can lead a team of web designers well no 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 that's not really how it works we need to understand why do we want to lead a team and what is the actual driver and motivator because if it's just purely for more money or for a new position title that is not enough of a driver to get into leadership because leadership I I mean I think that's why we've got a lot of bad leaders around (laughs) because people see it as a step on the career ladder. And it's like, it's just a natural progression. And I think leadership is a service. It's an act of service to the people you lead. And so if we want to have more good leaders, we need to make sure the motive for getting into leadership is right first. Yep. So that's tough. And it's like a bit of tough love, but I want to say that to anyone listening who wants to get into leadership, check your motive. If you want to serve a team and help a team succeed and you care deeply about achieving the business goals and doing that by helping a team work well together, then you have the right motivation to lead. But if you're doing it to climb a career ladder, then it's a no from me. That's not enough of it. That's an external driver and that I don't think is a good enough reason to do it. Yeah, good point. So we ripped that Band-Aid off. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So... Rach, I think the other things that we've got in the mix with this, let's assume then they've done that deep work to think through their why and they're motivated by all the right reasons. 
What we do now is then figure out how do we get to that role? Like how do we actually achieve that goal of getting into leadership? And it sounds like there's not opportunities at the current business, but sometimes we actually assume there's not opportunities available before we've had the conversation. Yeah, that's a great point because they have said that there are too many senior people in the workplace and that they won't leave. And that sounds like it could be an assumption. Yeah, well, let us make an assumption (laughs) that they haven't had the conversation. So what I'd be saying, talk to your boss about it. Let your boss Mm -hmm. know before you go looking for work elsewhere, talk to your boss about your desire to get into a leadership or management role and see if there's anything internally. So do that, have that conversation. Because often we look around and we think, well, no one's leaving All the people here have been here forever. There must be no positions. But your boss might be aware of three people retiring in the next six months. Yeah. And all of a sudden all these opportunities come up and you've jumped the gun by assuming. So talk to your boss, let them know your career goal, and then based on what they say, you can make an informed decision. So you can start to go, okay, well, I need to plan for another job somewhere else because I'm not going to get the leadership opportunities here. I'm not going to get that progression into management. So I need to start seeking out opportunities at different organizations. Yeah. So, Shell, like what would be the practical tips that you could give someone to have that conversation? So I would book in a meeting and I would sit down and say, hey, boss, I'd love to chat to you about my long-term career goals. Now, I always say long-term because it's not helpful when employees come to their manager and they say, I need this now because that's not We all know workplaces are slow moving beasts, Mm -hmm. unless you're in a startup, Mm. like, like your workplace range (laughs) that moves really quickly. Like most workplaces, when it comes to recruitment, when it comes to this kind of stuff, they can dawdle a little bit and they can take their time. So when you sit down with your manager, say, Hey, my long-term goals are to get into a leadership role. Is there anything internally? I'd love to stay here. Like I'd love to be here Mm. long-term. I really feel invested in the mission, the values, but I can also see in me that I may get to a point where I'm not growing in my role because I've been doing it for so long. Is there a chance for something else? And managers are actually really open for this kind of conversation. Yeah, this actually makes me think back to you shared a story about in another episode where I think someone in your team pretty much asked the same question or they voiced it and you were so stoked that they had voiced that they were probably going to hit a ceiling with their growth. So how did you navigate that conversation when they brought that up to you? Yeah. You know what? It's good to put yourself in the mind of the manager so that you can tailor your request to the audience. And so this person, they came to me and they said, look, I feel like I might stagnate in my growth if I stay in this role for much longer. What opportunities are available? And I was so stoked because what that meant is I wasn't going to get to six, 12 months down the track and have that person resign because they were bored. I could actually put a plan in place to keep them. And every manager wants to keep their best people. They just, they desperately want to keep their good people. So if you are taking the initiative early and having those chats, you actually give your manager the ability to put a plan in place so they don't lose you. So it's a win-win, right? It's a win-win. It's win for you as the employee because you get to stay where you are and you get the opportunity you want. You don't have to take the risk of leaving, but it's a win for the business because what they get is a chance to put together a plan. It might take six months, but hey, 
they know what you want and they know they want to keep you and so they make that happen and lots of workplaces do this but the thing is it starts by you asking you have to ask and you have to have the conversation yeah okay so that is assuming that your boss is going to be a great boss and wants to keep you (laughs) but also that they have the capacity to give you that growth so what if for example like in this situation where there's there might not actually be an opportunity for management in this particular workplace or you just have like a crappy boss that is just (laughs) not good with planning that out for you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So what we do from there is it gives us data to make our decision. So we have that conversation and let's say there's no opportunities at all in the near to long-term future. Then what we do is we, we use that information to know that, okay, well, I do have to leave. So then we start to plan that exit process. And what does that mean? It means we start upskilling. So what we want to do is we want to upskill because if you haven't done a management role, well, what are the things that you can be doing to show that you're preparing for that? So what courses can you be doing? What online learning can you be doing? What podcasts and books can you be listening to? And I say listening because I mainly listen to audiobooks. Those things, I know they seem trivial like reading books, but seriously, learning is crucial for leadership and the best leaders are continually learning. So I want you to, there's a whole stack of books. If you are listening, you want to get into leadership, message me on LinkedIn and I'll give you the list because I've got a big, huge list of books for people who want to get into leadership. Start on that journey, start researching, start educating yourself and then start talking to recruiters about opportunities. One of the things, Rach, that I have seen in HR has been people often think, well, to get into a leadership role, it means that I need to lead a big team. Like I need to go from not managing anyone to managing five plus people. But actually you can start smaller than that. You could start with just leading one person. You could be like a specialist, but you have one direct report. So you're still kind of on the tools, but you're starting to dip your toe in the water of management. And that's an awesome way to transition because you can actually test your skill on one person. And if you (laughs) fail... (laughs) You're only- You've only screwed up one person's <laughs> life, basically. <laughs> well, that's it. But you can you can manage that. But when but when you've got the scale of five plus people and you're repeating that mistake over, the impact's greater. Yeah. So let's say, I mean, you manage one person. I do. So let's take you for an example. And you know, hopefully, um, Nath, our hey, Nath. editor, <laughs> is thinking, yeah, you really failed me. You screwed up. <laughs> um, but. But what you can do is you can hear from them. You can fix the mistakes you make as a leader because we make them all the time. Like we've Mm -hmm. all had bosses. Every boss has bad boss moments. Mm -hmm. Like I've had a bazillion and people, I'm sorry to all those people that I failed with. (laughs) I think testing it out, seeing how you can kind of keep doing your normal job but lead someone is a really good way to enter that world of leadership and then build up slowly from there. You don't need to go from zero to 100. So take it slow. Shell would getting a mentor help. Yeah, totally. Getting a mentor or a coach, finding someone who can coach you in that leadership skill, even before you've started. So you can actually start using the skill. You might lead projects or you might be on a team and be able to start running or chairing meetings. Use those leadership skills, even if you're not in the position yet. Find ways to build the experience without having the job title. And a mentor can actually help you do that. They can help you by sharing their advice, sharing the experience that they have, and then you can incorporate that into the way that you work. Build the muscle before you're actually in the job, which means that you're going to have less fails, less of those (laughs) uh, screw-ups along the way. 
Well, maybe we can go to a break. We have one more question from Nat about how do you transition from friend to manager and how do you navigate that shift? We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we have a bunch of different podcasts on a variety of topics. So go and check out My Millennial Investor, My Millennial Money Professional, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Money, and our Spotify exclusive show, My Millennial Daily. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, Shell, hit me. <laughs> Asking for a friend? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so how do you do it? You know what? I was, I don't know who it was. I saw something on Instagram that might have been on LinkedIn, I can't remember, about an executive coach was saying, you cannot be friends with the people you lead. And I was like, oh, what do you think about that? Well, I <laughs> yeah. guess I can't lead that. I better ditch the manager role. Pack the bag up Impossible. and go home. <laughs> I, I've, really disagree with that advice. Now I can see where that person was coming from. Absolutely. Because it does complicate certain things. Like for example, if you ever have to make someone redundant and you're really close friends with them, or if you have to terminate someone based on underperformance and your friends, those scenarios are so complicated. So I understand that logic. But for me, I think leadership is all about relationships. Like it's, it's at the core, it's all about people and relationships. Yeah, agreed. So I can hear what Nat's saying of how do you make that transition from friend to manager? And I think the solution to this for me is less about separating the roles because I think that's where we go to. We go, well, I've got my manager hat on now and I've got my friend hat. I'm like, that's awkward. Like, that's awkward. Stop it. Yeah. Like, do you, I, I don't know. I just have always found that really weird. I'm like, stop. Just be you. Like, just be authentically you. You don't have to take the silly hat off. <laughs> I've, I've emphasised, I've ranted on that enough. Um, I guess what I'm saying is we can have deep relationships with the people we lead. The thing that we need to do to make that transition and to go, okay, well, we've been, let's say you and I were working as peers for ages. We've been on the same team. We've got a really tight relationship. We've probably complained together about all the things we don't like about our jobs or whatever. But then all of a sudden I get promoted to manager. And then I've got this thing of, okay, how does our relationship shift? Mm. How does our relationship change? Mm. So the way I would tackle that is by in the first week or so of me stepping into the role, I would sit down with you in a one-on-one and I would say, hey, Rach, so I'm stepping into this new role and there's a few things I'm navigating. So I'm navigating the change from the peer role to this manager role 
and what that kind of means in terms of how we get stuff done. So then what I would say is I want us to be really clear on the expectations of the team and what our team needs to deliver. Mm -hmm. And that means that we'll have regular conversations about those expectations. What I want for us is that we achieve our goals and that you win and that our team wins. That's my priority. So that looks like us having regular chats about the performance, regular chats about your career, what you want out of it, but also about how we make this relationship really healthy and thrive because we've already got such a good relationship and we're just building on that. Oh, that's great. So setting expectations in relationships is really healthy. I know I always talk about Brene Brown, but Brene Brown talks heaps about stealth expectations and the damage that does in relationships. So if we can spell those out of here's what I expect of you and hey, Rach, what do you expect of me? Like actually give that person space to go, okay, well, the role has shifted now. What do you expect from me as a leader? Mm. And give them permission to speak into that and go, well, I expect us to be able to catch up and talk honestly and openly about how this is all going. Mm -hmm. I expect to have discussions regularly about my career, my growth. It also sounds like even if you can't do that conversation perfectly, Shell, because like you're, you're moving into a completely different role as well and learning this, I heard you say as part of that little spiel spiel yeah <laughs> monologue I don't know like a really long speech and you're like oh she's droning on forever <laughs> no I wasn't thinking that at all <laughs> um I noticed well what I picked up on was some vulnerability like saying I'm navigating this so it's like I don't have all the questions but I want to make this work and it sounds like so long as you're keeping an open dialogue would you say like then you yes. can figure that out together yes I love that I love that I think you're so spot on. I actually reckon we could, if we rewound and redid that little monologue, <laughs> we would add in a lot more of that vulnerability of going, hey, I'm, I'm going to be learning this role and I'm going to get stuff wrong along the way. Mm. But I want us to have open dialogue and honesty in this dynamic. And I think that's really important because one of the big challenges when people go from the peer to the manager is they really struggle if there's a performance issue. Yes. So people's performance is never perfect. So we're going to have, you have to expect, go into the role expecting to deal with issues. And what I want you to do is say to that person in your first one-on-one, hey, my approach will be whenever there's feedback, good or bad, you'll hear about it. So whenever there's feedback, positive or constructive, that sounds a bit nicer. <laughs> in HR, we always love to put a nice like, positive spin. Like, instead of calling it weaknesses, it's areas for development. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, so, Rach, you will hear from me whenever there's a concern. And that way you're kind of letting them know from the outset that you're going to tell them that and it just clears things up for everyone. And also that sounds like you're telling them how you communicate your communication style. And probably yeah. a good one to ask how they approach feedback as well, I guess, yes. just to be on the same page with that. Totally. Like how do they like to receive feedback? Do they want to get the heads up on it and go, hey, we need to have a chat when works for you to meet? meet? Or would they rather the phone bomb of, hey, we've got to talk right now, which I don't think many people like. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Gross. But, you know, just I love that, Rach, of getting to know their style and figuring that out early. Yeah, probably very key for when you're navigating those feedback chats because they can get awkward when you've got friendship um, already established and just feel like you don't want to rock the boat. I don't know. That's my personality style, but I know other people would probably be like fine with giving blunt, direct feedback 
even if they are a peer. Yeah, and I mean, that's just reminded me, we talked up front about leadership is a service. Like leadership is a service, you are serving the people you lead. Mm. I think when we're having tough conversations and giving constructive feedback that feels difficult and feels high stakes, the best way to overcome is to reframe that discussion as a service to that person. So if I'm sitting across from you and I see that you're doing something that's actually damaging your reputation within the business. Mm. So let's say you aren't delivering a project outcome on time. Rach, you suck. <laughs> definitely not like that. <laughs> but, I, but if I'm serving you, it's in your interest that I tell you, hey, Rach, this stuff is happening and it's actually negatively impacting our team's reputation within the business but also your own and we need to work on that because mm. I want you to succeed. Mm. And at the moment if that stuff continues, you're not in a position to win. And yeah. so it's reframing it as it's a benefit to you that I tell you the truth as long as I do it in kindness. Yeah, that is so key, the kindness part. It's massive. Truth and kindness. I don't think truth really needs to be brutal ever. Mm. I think it should always be delivered in kindness. So it's I care, I care about you, I want you to succeed and that's why I'm actually telling you this thing because it's going to help you now in this current job but it's also going to help you in your future career to learn this skill. Mm-mm. So I think that I guess that's a really long answer to a simple question of transition. Well, it's probably not a simple question transitioning from friend to manager but I hope that helps Nat to navigate the highs and lows of becoming a new manager and also helps anyone who's looking to get into management how you can go about it good tip show thanks friend <laughs> um, i'm taking notes myself oh, mental good. notes yeah okay good you're already <laughs> listening to this episode um all right hey if you enjoyed the show share it with a friend get it out there we love it and love your feedback so give us a rating and review and you can hit me up on linkedin if you want to connect all right bye We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we have a bunch of different podcasts on a variety of topics. So go and check out My Millennial Investor, My Millennial Money Professional, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Money, and our Spotify exclusive show, My Millennial Daily. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.